yeah, it is that time of the year again. Happy New Year. It is self-improvement time, right? New year, new hope for a better you, right? I mean, if you're excited that 2018 is going to be better than 2017, let me hear you. Yes. You know, that, that's what I love about the new year. It is new hope for a better me, for a better you, and, you know, self-improvement. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, I'm buying me some of that this year. You know, I, I, I was going to the gym last year, but I started to get unmotivated, not very consistent working out alone. So I got my son a gym membership with me. I bought myself a workout partner, right? And uh, the, only, the only problem is, have you seen my son? He's like huge. He used to be a bodybuilder. Now I'm unmotivated because I look so small and weak compared to him. But I'm going to keep going. But you know, we all want to, to self-improve uh, in the new year. We want to be smarter, right? We want to we learn the things that will help us succeed in our career or finances or relationships or other things. We want to know what we need to know. And we want to be faster, right? We want to be more productive in all the things we have to get done. And, and, and we want to be healthier. We want to be stronger, fit, not just on the outside, but the inside too, right? We want to be better people. But here's the problem. As we all know, there's a huge spike in self-improvement in January, followed by a huge roller coaster drop in February, right? I couldn't find a parking spot uh, last night at the gym, but there'll be plenty in February. <laughs> and we all know that's kind of our tendency, so we're going to try to get wiser about smarter, faster, and You know, think about it. We can be really smart or we can gather a lot of information. We've got a lot of information at our fingertips. But, you know, if, if we know a lot of stuff, but it doesn't help us live life better, it's just foolishness, right? But wisdom can change that. And if we're really productive and use our time wisely and we get a lot done, but we look back at the end of life, and it wasn't really what we were supposed to accomplish, that's foolish too, right? But wisdom can change that. And if we're stronger and healthier and thinner, more beautiful and all that, but we have a weak soul where we can't really love or find joy or peace, what's that worth? Not much, but wisdom can change that. And that's why we're going to be in this series that we said over this month in the book of Proverbs. Uh, the book of Proverbs in the Bible was written by King Solomon, um, who was a, a wise king. Uh, in fact, Alexa, tell us about Solomon in the Bible. Solomon, also called Yadidia, was, according to the Bible, Quran, Hadith and Hidden Words, a fabulously wealthy and wise king of Israel and a son of David, the previous king of Israel. The conventional dates of Solomon's reign are circa 970 to 931 BCE, normally given in alignment with the dates of David's reign. There you go. Right there, Alexa. So I got Alexa for a Christmas present this year, and she is really smart. That's why I brought her to church, and she needs to grow spiritually, quite honestly. Okay. Watch this. Alexa, how much does God love you? I found two love deities, Aphrodite and Venus. That's not the love I'm talking about, all right? So, so she, she's smart. And like, like she said, Solomon uh, was this wise king around 900 BC who asked God for wisdom to be a good ruler for, for people. And God honored that prayer. 
because it was about being something for others. And it says he became not only the wisest, but one of the wealthiest, most successful, ruled over this kingdom of peace. And, and people, kings and queens from Asia and from Africa were coming up to learn God's wisdom. And Solomon put some of that wisdom into these pithy uh, statements called the Proverbs. Here's what it says in Proverbs 1.1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. So Solomon was the wealthiest man alive, and yet when he compares the value of wealth to the value of wisdom, he says this, choose my instruction rather than silver, knowledge rather than pure gold, for wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Why? Well, because wisdom right orders all of, all of life, everything. You know, because think about it. We can be really smart. Have you ever known a really smart person that nobody liked because of the way they use their knowledge? Yeah. Or you ever known a really successful or known of a really successful, productive person who blew apart their family, their marriage, their kids, and no one really liked them? Yeah. So we need wisdom or even the best gifts, the best blessings can become curses if we're not careful. But wisdom leads to a well-ordered life. That's why it's so valuable. It helps us get the most out of all of life. Now Jesus was the human example of God's wisdom pressed in fully to human flesh. That's why it says in Luke 2, 52, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and all the people. So this month, as we're seeking to improve, I wanna challenge you to read a chapter in the book of Proverbs every day. There are 31 chapters, one a day, and read a chapter in the book of Matthew, which is all about Jesus, one a day for 30 days, uh, because Jesus will show you the wisdom of God lived out, and, and you'll get a good balance there. So I wanna challenge you to do that as we're trying to get better in this new year. So today we want to talk about smarter. Let me just ask you, I'm just curious, uh, here, here at McNeil and North and South and Branson, um, how many of you got one of these, you know, an Echo or a Google Home or Alexa for Christmas, or maybe you already had one, if you already have one? Yeah, quite a few. So they're really popular now. And artificial intelligence is going to make us smarter. And, and I mean, she's really smart. Listen to this. Alexa, what's the circumference of the earth? The circumference of the Earth is approximately 24,902 miles, or 40,075 kilometers around the equator. That's good, huh? Alexa, how hot is the sun? Different parts of the sun have different temperatures. The surface is around 10,000 degrees Fahrenheit, 6,000 degrees Celsius, while the core is between 23 and 29 million degrees Fahrenheit, 13 to 16 million degrees Celsius. Nuclear fusion creates these extreme temperatures, while gravity pulls the sun's gases towards its center, which concentrates all of its heat. It's hot. <laughs> really hot. In fact, Alexa, is that hotter than August in Austin, Texas? Sorry, I don't know that. I do. It's really close. <laughs> Listen to this. Alexa, what's the square root of 123? The square root of 123 is 11.09053650064. That's right. That's right, right? You knew that. 
She's smart, and she's smart in a lot of different areas. It's wild. I mean, like, Alexa, what's the funniest joke ever? What do you call a sleepy woodsman? I don't know. A slumberjack. Uh, You can take her to a party. You don't even have to talk, you know? Just keep her right here. Now, it gets a little confusing, though, like, like, uh, especially with Siri. I called Alexa Siri the other day. She got offended. I think I have too many artificial women in my life now. It gets spooky, too, if you really think about it. We were talking about this the other night in my kitchen. Like, you know, she's listening all the time, isn't she? That's a little weird. Like, Alexa, are you listening? Hi, I'm here. I start listening when I hear the wake word. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Or maybe you're just collecting data all the time, right? A little weird. But definitely smart, but is Alexa wise? See, wisdom is, is taking knowledge and applying it to life, right? It's making wise decisions. It's how to apply knowledge. So let's ask her, Alexa, what should I do if my wife asks me, do these jeans make me look fat? Sorry, I don't know that. Yeah, I didn't think so. Don't worry, most men don't know the answer either. <laughs> Alexa, what is the meaning of life? A traditional answer is 42. (laughs) Not helpful unless you're a techie, okay? Alexa, how do you make a good decision? I've found many results for recipes. Would you like to refine your search by ingredients? Not unless you have a recipe for decisions. How about this one? Alexa, how do you know what's most important in life? What ingredient? She's not getting it. I'll try different. How, Alexa, how do I get people to leave my party when I'm tired? Okay, four. I recommend sugar-coated pecans. You can I think ask she's for stuck. More information or for she's more stuck recipes. on recipes. Next. See, if she were really wise, she'd know the answer to that question is start playing Nickelback. They'll scatter, right? <laughs> so she is smart, knows a lot, but is is not wise. And we have to be careful as humans because we can miss the depth of humanity if we have knowledge but lack wisdom. Wisdom is something you have to seek. I mean, just think about how much information streams into us on our phones and, you know, Facebook feeds and news information and keeping up with this person and that person, all the things that come at us. Google can stream answers to any question, you know, all day long. But that doesn't necessarily make us better people, does it? You know, I found a book, interestingly, called Smarter, Faster, Better, uh, actually after we titled this series, but it's by a New York Times reporter, Charles Duhigg. And uh, the book, in it, he studied the most productive people in, in society. And here's what he says about information. He said, in theory, the ongoing explosion in information should make the right answer more obvious In practice, though, being surrounded by data often makes it harder to decide. What he says is we need wisdom in how to sort through information, how to decide. The Proverbs say, tune your ear to wisdom and concentrate on understanding. Cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would silver. Seek them like treasures. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord and you will gain knowledge of God For the Lord grants wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. 
Okay, a couple really important things here. We gotta seek wisdom, but God is the source of wisdom, it says. Now, maybe you're here and you're not sure if you even believe in God yet, but surely you can realize if there is a God, he'd be the wisest of all because only he knows all things. We don't, none of us do. And knows how all the knowledge fits together and what it means. And, and so that's what the Proverbs are saying. Wisdom takes knowledge and brings understanding out of it, but ultimately that comes from God. And so why not seek God's framework for how to interpret knowledge? You know, because think about it. Someone's given you a framework to sort through all the knowledge coming at you, right? I mean, maybe it's your education. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's just Google's, uh, you know, analog for what they're going to send to you. But here's the thing. Humanity has not always had the best track record of wanting your best interest, right? But God claims he's always got your best interest in mind. Now, when you read the Proverbs, which you're going to do, right? Hopefully, uh, you're going to hear this phrase, fear of the Lord. Uh, a lot. It says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now this fear is, is really, it's not fear of punishment and it's not fear of, of anger. It's fear that might better be translated awe or great respect, great reverence. See, it's, it's really understanding God is love. That's what Jesus both taught and demonstrated. No one loves you more. No one has your best interest in mind more than the one who created you even more than you have your best interest in mind because God knows all. But God is also infinite power, infinite knowledge. And, and when you get a clear picture of how magnificent God is, it just brings awe. That's what that's talking about. But God is wise and we should seek his wisdom if we're gonna be wise. Have you ever been around a wise person? There's just something about them. There's like an aura about them. Uh, Keith Miller was that for me. Uh, Keith uh, was a, a, an author who had written, sold millions and millions of books, traveled the world. But before that, um, he went through a very broken season uh, as a man. Um, he was an alcoholic. He was a workaholic, uh, self-indulged petroleum engineer. Um, and in working the 12 steps, he surrendered his life fully to Christ. And he started to grow through all his past mistakes. And he became a, a very wise, godly, other-centered person. And he was super smart. He started coming to our, our church, actually, when I was writing my first book. And I got to know him, and I asked him to mentor me. And he mentored me not just in writing, but in all areas. He was so smart. He had a master's degree in engineering and a doctorate in theology. But you would never really know that because he didn't use knowledge to prove he was important. And he didn't use knowledge to manipulate or control. He saw knowledge as a way to serve people, to, to care about people. That's wisdom. And when you were around Keith, you felt like the most important person. And like he had nothing more important to do than to just speak into your life. And he saw what you could become and he called it out. That's why people were drawn to him. That's wisdom. Don't you want to be like that? I do. But it, we've got to seek it out, see. It, we have to be wise about knowledge and information, which means we need some way of figuring out what do we need to know and, and what do we need to just let go of. Now, in his research, Charles uh, Duhiggy talks about uh, Duhigg, Duhiggy. That's something that, like, 
that doohiggy. Yeah, you don't know what that is, right? Anyway, um, Charles Duhigg. <laughs> doohiggy. I've always called things doohiggy. What is that doohiggy? Anyway, all right. So in his, in his book, he talks about how the more information, the less wise we're acting many times. And here's why. He gives many examples of this. Here's one. He talks about a Columbia University study where they, they studied people who signed up for 401k retirement plans, okay? And they studied 800,000 employees. Now, it should have been a no-brainer decision. They were saying, you know, why do some people sign up and some people don't? And what they found is when a company offered two options for investment options for their 401k, 75% of employees signed up. Now, you would think the more options the more people that would sign up, right? And it's true for a while, but then at 40 investment options, suddenly enrollment goes down by 10% to 65%. At 60 investment options, enrollment goes down to 53%. And for every 10 options, enrollment drops 2%. So what uh, Martin Epler, a professor of information studies said is we found this dozens of times that the brain reaches a certain breaking point when data becomes too much and they start ignoring options and making bad choices. What that means is we need a framework. We need a way of knowing what's important and what's not so we don't freeze up or just start making dumb decisions really. So I wanna suggest a framework that, that you can use. So as you're streaming on your smartphone, as information's coming at you, as you're searching on your computer or letting things come at you, ask yourself these questions if you wanna be wise with knowledge, not just smart. First, will this matter to me 30 years from now and why? I mean, cause think about it. There's not enough time to keep up with all the news feeds of all your friends and all the news and all the information. Think about all the books you could possibly read. I mean, think of all the knowledge. You can't, you're finite. You will never ever keep up with all or know it all. So what's most important is how to know what you need to know, right? And, and then what to do with that so that you actually live a better life, so that you're wise in how you use it. So here's wisdom for our information age. When you're starting to get lost on your phone or on the computer, ask, will this matter to me in 30 years? You know, think about, who do I wanna be 30 years from now, 20 years, 10 years from now? In eternity, because you're an eternal creature. And, and this is shaping you. So think about that. What are my goals in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? And is this actually helping me become a wiser person and helping me toward those things? If not, you're probably wasting your time, right? Do something else with your time. Which leads to another framing question about being wise. What knowledge do I need to seek? What knowledge do I need to seek? Because to truly be wise, what you need to know is not just gonna stream through your Facebook feed, right? It's not just gonna come to you. You need to go get it. In fact, it says this in Proverbs, I wisdom live together with good judgment. I know where to discover knowledge and discernment. I love all who love me. Those who search will surely find me. I have riches and honor as well as enduring wealth and justice. My gifts are better than gold. So you have to search for wisdom. If you seek out wisdom from God, he promises he will give it freely. You will get it. You'll discover the knowledge and discernment you need to. And that leads to success in many areas of life. But it starts with a decision. Will you seek wisdom from God? 
And you know, that's honestly, that's why I'm challenging us in 2018 to start by daily reading a proverb a day and about Jesus in the book of Matthew each day. Because think about this. You know, the Bible is the widest read, most widely translated book of all history, of all human history. In fact, there are billions of people across the planet who will tell you that the wisdom of the Bible applied to their life has changed their lives. So if, if you want to be smart, but you haven't even read the, the book that has changed the most lives in human history, that's not very smart, right? And if you claim to be a Christ follower and you don't seek knowledge about the God you claim to follow, that's really not wise. So I want to give you a New Year's present. Uh, if you don't have a modern version of the Bible to read, just go out on uh, the, the store, the app store, and get our, our Gateway Austin app. You gotta search Gateway Austin, or you can just text that, and we'll send you the link for Android and iPhone. And on resources, on our app, is a, is a free Bible in a modern translation. And the cool thing, if you do a commute, it'll read to you. You can plug it into your phone, it'll read to you. But take, pay attention to what you're letting into your mind, and as you read each day, pray, God, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom. Help me know what I need to know. Because remember, God is your best friend, or he wants to be. And he's the wisest being in the universe. And he cares about all the things you care about. And he wants to help you right order them so they actually give you life. So pray through the di different areas of your life. What are your goals in your career, your marriage, or your wanting to be married, or dating relationship? What are the things? Pray about those. He knows the future. You don't even know the future. So he knows even the knowledge you need to know in the future. You know, I, I've seen this in my own life. Like right after I first became a Christian, um, I was out of college. My mom was a widow, uh, single mom, trying to take care of my sister. And, uh, you know, when, when my dad died, he put everything in the hands of a bank to invest for my mom, and they churned her portfolios, basically robbed her, got it down to where it wasn't even worth bothering. And when I started to look at it, basically at her burn rate, she had a job that wasn't able to, to pay, you know, to cover expenses with it. And her burn rate, it would only last three years. And that's when I took it over. And quite honestly, you know, I mean, I, I studied engineering, not investing. And there are thousands of ways to invest and lose money. <laughs> so it felt high stakes. And I prayed, I said, God, I don't know what to do. I need wisdom. Show me even where to find books and stuff. And over the next year, he led me to book after book that started to put together a, a strategy that looking back seems wise because do you know that that three years, what would only last three years actually lasted 28 years. And, and it ended when my mom died. And that's why I look back and I go, wow, that was God answering my prayer for wisdom in an area that he knew I would need it. Now he knows what you need too, so ask him. Ask God to lead you to the books or the things that you need to know for your future. Pray for wisdom. You know, maybe as you're coming into the new year, you know, it might be different areas. Maybe, maybe many of us, you know, we're in debt and it's time to get free of debt, right? There's great wisdom about that if you're willing to seek it out. In fact, you know what's funny is, is I ask her, I can't say her name because she'll start doing it again. But I asked her, how do you get out of debt? And she started streaming Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University podcast. And so every time I asked, she goes to like 
session 9,994, 93, 92. So I'm not gonna do that. But you know what that shows? See, we offer Financial Peace University right here at Gateway. It shows how popular it is, but it works. There's wisdom there. So hey, if you're in debt, get wise this year. Go, go on our website today and sign up for it and declare your debt is done this year, right? Or at least you're gonna be on the way to getting it done. So ask, ask yourself, what knowledge do I need to seek out? Third question to be wise. Will this help me be the person God created me to be? See, knowledge and information are not unimportant. They shape us. Think about that. As knowledge comes in, it's shaping who you're becoming. And the science of neuroplasticity says what we take into our brains reforms our brains. Our brains are always changing. Maybe that's why, I don't know if you saw this, but last month, the former president of Facebook and a vice president of Facebook both came out bemoaning what Facebook and social media are doing to us, said they felt guilty. In fact, the president said this, it's exploiting a vulnerability in human society. It literally changes your relationship with society, with each other. It probably interferes with productivity in weird ways. God only knows what it's doing to our children's brains. That's the president of Facebook, former. What is, and, and then the VP was saying the same kinds of things. What do they know that we don't? Or maybe we should. Now, I honestly don't think the problem is Facebook or the internet or information. It's wisdom. We have to be wise and not just let things pile in as people want to pile it in, but we think, how is this shaping who I'm becoming? And, and not just ingest information only that Google search engines give us. You know, take time to read. Read other things. In fact, Marianne Wolf, who's a developmental psychologist, wrote the book, The Science of the Reading Brain. She says this, we are not only what we read, we are how we read. And, and what Dr. Wolf was saying is that when we read only on the internet for efficiency or immediacy above all else, it actually weakens our ability, our capacity for this deep kind of reading that most shapes who we become. That's not good, right? She says our ability to interpret things, our ability to make rich mental connections, i.e. to become wise, uh, gets, is largely disengaged. So deep reading, Dr. Wolf says, is indistinguishable from deep thinking. If we lose those quiet spaces or fill them up with content, we'll sacrifice something important not only to ourselves, but our culture. I think that's why Proverbs says this of God. He guards the paths of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you'll find the right way to go. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will fill you with joy. Wise choices will watch over you. Understanding will keep you safe. It'll affect who you're becoming. Wisdom will save you from evil people, from those whose words are twisted. But that means we have to be wise about what we're letting flow into our minds and shape us. Now, I know sometimes, you know, you go on your phone or you go on the internet and really it's just, you know, you're just streaming content for entertainment, just for a good mind numb. You just need to disconnect, right? I get that. I do it. And, and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't think that, you know, your mental break isn't shaping you. You got to pay attention to what you're looking at, what's coming in. So if you're sitting there going through the Instabrags, you know, 
all the vacation photos of your friends, all the other pictures, and you're starting to feel jealous and envious and worse about yourself and you're getting depressed, stop it. Okay, you're not, it's not shaping you to become a wise, loving person. It's shaping you to become a jealous, envious person. So mind numb to something that truly makes you a better person, like Premier League soccer. <laughs> not really. All right, so how, how will this help me be the person that I want to be and that God wants? Fourth question, will this help me love God and people better? See, there is a key to knowledge, love. Love is the key. You know, the religious leaders of Jesus' day were incredibly knowledgeable. They were scholars. They were the smartest people of his day. And they knew the Bible well. I mean, they were Bible trivia, you know, experts. But it puffed them up with arrogance rather than creating in them love. And that's the difference. That's why Jesus said this to them. What sorrow awaits you experts in religious law? For you remove the key to knowledge from the people. You don't enter the kingdom yourselves and you prevent others from entering. And what Jesus is saying is the key to knowledge is the wisdom of the kingdom of God, of God's will and ways, which Jesus summarized as two things, love God and let God teach you to love people. See, love is really the key. That's why it says in 1 Corinthians 8, 1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know what they ought to know, but whoever loves God is known by God. See, ultimately knowledge can become like a weapon and it puffs us up with arrogance and we use it to control or manipulate or tear down others. But knowledge can also be a tool that we use to love God by using it to serve and love others. So let's be wise people, not just smarter, but wiser too. You know, it says in the Proverbs that wisdom uh, is, is proved right by her actions. So I want to challenge you to apply this wisdom as we go into this new year. Start reading the Bible, a, a chapter of Proverbs, a, a chapter of, of Matthew a day, and, and pray. Start praying for wisdom. And then I want to encourage you too, this year, make it a year to get into one of our life groups if you haven't. That, those are groups of 8 to 12 people meeting homes throughout the week to grow spiritually in, in God's wisdom together. And if you've never gotten connected, just take the starting gate to do the next step. Start serving people with people. Get to know others you can grow with spiritually. Let's become truly wise people in the coming years.